Welcome to the iPod, a new podcast series from Ophthalmology Times, where twice each month we engage with key opinion leaders in interviews about the latest innovations in the areas of surgery, clinical diagnosis, drug therapy, research, technology, or practice management. I'm David Hutton, Executive Editor of Ophthalmology Times, and your host. Later this month, the Association for Research in Vision and Ophthalmology will hold its annual meeting April 28th to May 2nd in Vancouver. Joining us today to discuss the meeting is Iris Rush, Arvo's Executive Director. Thank you for joining us today, Iris. Thank you. Glad to be here. First off, what made Vancouver, British Columbia an attractive destination for this year's event? Arvo is a global organization with nearly 12,000 members. About half of our members are from outside of the United States. So 2019 is a milestone year for us in that it's our first annual meeting held outside of the U.S. The response has been incredibly positive. We're excited to say that. Selected Vancouver because it is an international destination with easy access from the U.S., Europe, and Asia. And as we expected, that did not fail. We have a huge attendance coming into Vancouver. It certainly does help that Vancouver is absolutely beautiful, that it's close to the mountains and the water with a convention center that's certainly large enough to handle the meeting of our size, um, which is not always the case. Was there anything else that led to the decision to hold it in outside the U.S. for the first time? You know, the, it really was a matter of accommodating the 12,000 Envision scientists, of which half of them really are, are from outside of the U.S., and, you know, up until now, they've all been coming to the U.S., so we, we needed to make this strategic move. Vancouver was the best selection to pilot moving outside of the U.S., and all signs so far are being that it is absolutely the right decision to make. Great, great. Will there be any impact on exhibitors with products maybe that aren't available in Canada? It's an interesting question that you ask. We did wonder that ourselves, but it's proven to not be a problem whatsoever. We're one month out from our meeting, and we're very happy to acknowledge that our exhibitors are higher than they've been in the past. We have full attendance. I don't want to say we've sold out because we actually do have room for one more booth. And we're working on that this week, but um, all signs are that the exhibitors are every bit as excited as our attendees to be at this meeting. Great, great. And what can attendees expect with the meeting this year? Well, the you know the annual meeting is, of course, the premier event of ARVO with, like I said, nearly 12,000 eye and vision scientists coming from around the world. The meeting offers opportunities for these science scientists to collaborate to learn from each other. Uh, the senior members will often mentor the younger members and get them growing into the field of eye and vision research, which is very important to the field. Ultimately, what happens at this meeting continues driving innovation in science. Our annual meeting does represent professionals from academia, government, and industry. This year's theme, being from bench to bedside and back, it encompasses the cycle of the science that moves from the lab bench to the patient's bedside, and then back to the lab. So in reality, there are many scientific advances that over time lead to new, new cures, new treatments for eye diseases, and this year's theme and all the science that's being presented do intend to highlight that cycle. Let's talk a little bit about what's new. Do you have any new additions to this year's agenda? You know, it, that is, for, for a meeting like ours, it's really difficult to, to nail down precisely what's new because everything at Arvo is new. Arvo's science in general, to present at Arvo, it has to be new science. It has to be updated or innovative. 
new in some way. So when you think about the nearly 6,500 abstracts, the 65,000 abstracts that have come in, and those that are accepted as either a paper presentation or a poster presentation on top of many lectures and keynotes, you know, it's all new science. So it's really difficult to narrow down one area of what is new in science. So I guess it would be pretty difficult then to kind of say what some of the key innovations might be covered this year at the event as well. You know, it's difficult because we cover every aspect of the eye from cornea to glaucoma. The one topic that is very cross-cutting that is, it's not brand new to the to the world, but it's really increasing in awareness and member attention is artificial intelligence or AI. We do have a number of abstracts this year being presented in, re- in, in research on AI. We have a full-day education course on Saturday that is targeted to AI with the biggest attendance of most Saturday courses we've had to date. We're also coming out of the annual meeting, taking what we've learned, added to it, adding to it, and we're doing a two-month web series over the summer to continue the discussion about AI. That's brought a lot of attention to how much science and content has been submitted to us on AI. So we're also looking at our scientific journals. We've combined two of our flagship journals, and we're going to do a special edition on AI, which we've started already. Is there one session, lecture, or maybe a keynote you wish everyone could attend? Absolutely. I would say that our this year's opening keynote, which is going to be held on Sunday, April the 28th, it's going to be featuring Randy Sheckman. He's a Nobel laureate in the category of physiology, medicine from 2013. He's also a professor of cell and developmental biology from the Department of Molecular and Cell Biology at the University of California at Berkeley. He's going to talk about how cells export proteins and RNA, the application to the treatment of disease. This works in helping us to understand better how to treat these diseases and the effect that it has on the eyes and our vision. And then finally, how do you gauge success of a meeting like this? What kind of lessons will you be looking to take out of this for yourselves and uh, as you move on to the next one? I suppose you're already going to be starting that once you get done with this one. Yes, we we are starting that. We're actually launching it on the last day of our meeting in Vancouver with the Orioles bird that's going to be visiting with us to help our attendees. But, you know, our board of trustees are really dedicated to content and science. So our vote, our scientific meeting absolutely values the content over all other aspects of the meeting. So success is measured by a wide range of content areas that are covered by the almost nearly 12,000 members that attend and, you know, it would be easy to say we can measure success by the very large numbers of uh, attendees and exhibitors that are going to be coming to Vancouver, but ultimately success to us is our members' ability to, to network and gather and advance the science. Excellent. Excellent. We didn't have any other questions. Is there anything else that would be important to note as we look forward to this show? You know, that's a really hard question to answer. We believe everything we're doing at the meeting is is very, very important. We hope that the locals will be able to join us and learn more about the important being involved in Eye Vision research. Great, great. Well, Iris, thank you so much for joining us on iPod today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the iPod from Ophthalmology Times. We hope you subscribe at iTunes and let us know what topics you'd like to hear more about. Stay connected by going to ophthalmologytimes.com, subscribing to our newsletter, and following us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram.
We'll see you next time.